Welcome to Life Lessons with Lisa and Lauren, the podcast where we share the lessons we've learned through life. Hey, I'm Lisa Blackham, Femme Empowerment Coach in Esperance, Western Australia. And I'm Lauren Windsor, Decluttering and Organising Coach in Yass, Regional New South Wales. Our stories are based on our own experiences, observations, successes and failures. While we hope to inspire, what you take away is entirely up to you. So my friends, let's get started with today's lesson. Okay, so today's episode comes in response to a listener question after our Inspired Action episode, Lisa, just recently. Yes, um, yes. It was just our last episode, so she got in quick. And this listener um, obviously has asked to, to be anonymous. Um, she's asked, what do I do if I don't know what I want? Oh, such a great question. And I, I think you and I both. <laughs> oh, well, I... Yeah. When I read that, I was like, oh, my God, how did we not cover that? Because, you know, Inspired Action, we were talking about just, you know, last week or um, when we last met that, you know, you've got a dream or a goal and then you just take the next step towards that. And that it's really oversimplifying things, but generally the path from here to there is quite linear. You might have things in your way, but if you keep going with that Inspired Action, you can get through it. Yeah. Yeah. But what if I don't know what I want, Lisa? What if I don't know if that goal ahead is not clear, if I don't even know which direction it's in? What do I do? Yeah, I know. This is a really good question. And it's really interesting because we were just sort of talking about that beforehand in in that neither of us Mm -hmm. um, really knew what we wanted um, before starting our businesses. And for me, particularly, like I was in the teaching profession, I've been a teach school teacher for 30 years. And towards the end of my teaching career, I just knew in my heart that this was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I did not want to get to, you know, whatever age you're allowed to retire from teaching, maybe 65, 70. I didn't want to be teaching for that long. I just knew that I needed to do something different. I knew that there had to be a better way for me to create an income doing something that I loved. Mm -hmm. But what that was, I had no clue, no idea. What was your situation like, Lauren? How did you sort of find yourself through that? Um, I suppose mine, oh, it's tricky. It, It is tricky because my business I kind of fell into. I was doing something I loved for fun. And as I've said many times before, I just got a push, like a physical. So a friend kept telling me you need to charge for this. So that that happened by accident. But I think we'll come around to how that does connect Mm. with this, because, you know, when I was in high school, especially heading towards the the later years of high school, everyone around me had some general idea of where they were going. You know, we were picking our subjects for senior with a goal to what we wanted to do at university, at least, if not beyond. And I was envious, really, of all these people that had such clear, defined goals. They knew where they wanted to go. They knew they needed these subjects to get them there. And I didn't have that. But, and something I'm still very grateful for, I didn't let that stop me from doing stuff like okay maybe I didn't take every single opportunity in front of me 
and I've used that to, <laughs> to talk to my kids now about taking better, um, taking the opportunities when they have them. But for me, um, I remember very clearly sitting down in the guidance officer's office and looking at what subjects I would need in order to get into particular degrees at university. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do at university. I really didn't. I knew I wanted to go um, and I knew vaguely which departments I might want to be in. More clearly, I knew what I didn't want to do. Yes. Um, And that was enough for me. But in picking my subjects, because I didn't have a clear goal, I couldn't very well say, well, I'm going to focus on these science um, subjects and ignore these arts-based subjects or history or whatever, because I don't know that I want to be in science. But what I did was I looked at all of my options for for courses in high school and I picked the ones I enjoyed. Mm. And I remember very clearly being in that office. I couldn't tell you what the woman looked like, but I remember, I think she's an idiot. (laughs) Because she typed away in this little program that was designed to input um, the subjects that a student had chosen and compare those subjects to sets that other students had chosen in the past and spit out a range of what they could expect to be their university entrance score. So in Queensland at the time, it was called the OP score, overall position. Okay. And because my subjects were so sporadic, (laughs) um, no one had picked those subjects before. So the computer couldn't say people who picked this set of subjects, the same set as Lauren picked, students like Lauren generally get a score between this and this. Mm -hmm. It couldn't do it. Interesting. You're a rule breaker. I love it. (laughs) So what it did was it said, okay, there are people who have chosen these two or three subjects and people who have chosen these two or three subjects. And so the average of this group and the average of this group basically said you're going to get a score. Amazing. It was like you're going to get somewhere between you're going to get somewhere between this score and this score and it was the whole range like yes yes i am that was worth our time wasn't it (laughs) oh my god oh my god that has just blown my brain that is just ridiculous yeah and i remember and so i'm obviously not that old at the time in the grand scheme of things And I'm looking at her going, so the point is the computer doesn't know what I'm going to do. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, but no, 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 these scores, that's your score range. I'm like, that's the whole score range. She goes, yes. So Which every kid is going to be exposed to, regardless of what subjects they picked, this is the score range because that's how the number is calculated. Oh, my God, what a waste of time and energy. So my next question, I don't know how I worded it, but it was basically, so is there a problem with that? Like, am I excluding, am I shutting any doors for myself by picking these subjects? And... Generally, the answer was no, but there are some very specialised subjects at university for which you need to do certain subjects. I'm like, I'm not interested in physics. Mm. I wasn't especially interested in biology. I picked chemistry because I felt like I needed some science because most of the courses that I would consider doing required some scientific thinking. So you needed to have a science under your belt, right? 
Okay. Scientific thinking is different. Scientific thinking, yes. So you need to have done, at the time, you needed to have done science at high school so that you can prove that you can be scientific, right? And I agree with that. I think being able to do maths and science and English is really important because it, it helps you. Teaches you how to use your brain. Exactly. It teaches you how to put together good questions, which yes. is very, very important. Um, but the actual science didn't matter for most degrees. So I picked the science that was least offensive to me, required the least effort and frustration. Like I just, I was not that interested in biology and I did not have the, I was not willing to put in the effort to do well in physics. So chemistry was good enough. So I went with good enough. And with maths, I, again, I didn't want to put in the effort for the hard stuff. So I went with good enough. And then all my other subjects, I chose the ones I enjoyed doing. I love that. Yeah. So for me, I didn't have a goal. I just picked what I liked. And then when it got time, it was time to go to uni. Firstly, that same guidance officer said that I shouldn't bother listing certain universities mm-hmm. because I was not going to get that score because the computer said I was not going to get that score. <laughs> Even though the computer didn't actually tell you what score you were getting. Um, I did get into my first choice of university. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the subject I wanted to do. Thank you very much. And I landed myself in the business economics and law faculty at UQ, which I was very proud of, despite still having no idea what I wanted to do as a career. But I went with, when I looked at everything, that was the subject that interested me most. And I um, enrolled in a Bachelor of Economics. And look at you now running your own business. Running my own business that on paper has absolutely nothing to do with Bachelor of Economics. Every time I mention my university studies, people go, really? Like, yeah, I, that, that's what interested me. And quite honestly, it is still what I use every single day because economics is just asking questions. Yeah. And well, it's finding different ways to look at things and it is analysing our choices. Yeah. It's the science yeah. of choice. It's the science of decision making. So, you know, and I don't think I'm done. I'm still going to have other goals and things. But right now I love what I do and I came to this by just choosing what I enjoyed, not by avoiding things that were hard, although I, I did do that a little bit too. Those are the yeah. things I regret. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're a human, you're yeah. a human. That's natural for you to do that. But by making choices, little choices. So we, last time we were discussing inspired action, but we were talking about it in terms of here's the goal and what's the next step towards that goal. If you don't know the goal, you can at least look at what feels good right now. Yes, yes. And like I, I like to say is like follow your bliss. Follow your bliss, yeah. Do what, do what you love. Do what feels good because in your bliss is your zone of genius. Yeah. That's, that's where all of your power pack skills are. That's where you do the things that you're really good at and that, yeah, is your zone of genius. So if you're following your bliss and doing what you love, Somewhere in there will the 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 goal will become evident. And that's that's kind of what I did once I finished teaching or once I was in the process of finishing teaching. I didn't quit and then start my business. I took a few years to wind down my teaching and build up my business. But I didn't know that I was going to be a coach or a mentor. I didn't realize that was going to be the core of my business. But what I did was I I 
uh, signed up for a yoga teacher's course because I loved yoga and the feeling that yoga gave me and the 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 control that I was taking back you know my personal power mm-hmm. yoga was giving me that ability to to build my inner strength and my inner wisdom so I wanted to learn more about that so I did a yoga teacher's course not thinking that I was going to become a yoga teacher but that was a natural progression I did teach yoga for a while while I was doing that I loved the meditation part of yoga teaching so I wanted to find out more about meditation and how to teach it and how to explore that um, medium so I took a yoga uh, meditation teachers course and slowly slowly over time over the next few years I built up some more skills and then it became apparent that, huh, okay, it's more about coaching. It's about asking those questions and helping individuals rather than in a group setting in a classroom, but on an individual kind of one-on-one sort of situation. And so here I find myself now running a coaching business. Just perfect. Oh, got all the skills. It's got all the skills that I've practiced and fine-tuned over my 30-year teaching degree, and now I get to put them into coaching. Because all of those little parts have all converged, and mm. that's what happens when you do the things you enjoy and keep seeking them out. Now, we, we were saying, you know, um, do what feels good and do the things you enjoy. Now, sometimes the things you enjoy are lying on the couch, eating chocolate and watching, you know, shitty TV. Um, that's not going to get you anywhere, though. <laughs> it all comes back to that inspired action you too, doesn't it? You've still got to take some yeah. action, yeah? yeah? And I yeah. don't mean, you know, ordering more chocolate. I, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you might see a course advertised somewhere. So you saw a course for a yoga teacher. You might not have sought that out, but if you saw it advertised and went, oh, Mm. actually that would be cool. Like a few years ago, I did a photography course, like a beginner's photography, because I've always been interested in photography and I love taking photos. So I did this course and at the end of, like it was a one day, like five hour um, beginner's thing. And at the end of the day, I understood a lot more about photography than I had before, but my biggest takeaway was that there was so much I didn't know. And part of that kind of took the fun out of it for me Mm, because I actually didn't pick up my camera for months after that because I felt like I had to get everything right. And I was very, very aware of the things that I wasn't doing perfectly. And so what came out of that was that I actually don't want to be a photographer I like taking photos for my own personal records, my memories, you know, photos to have on the wall if I want them to, etc. But I don't have a drive to make something of it. Photography is just for fun for me. And yes. on the same note, you know, we were talking about uni before. I didn't just enroll for a Bachelor of Economics. I tried to hedge my bets. I enrolled in a Bachelor of Economics dual degree with a Bachelor of Arts specialising in psychology. And again, I had people in the counsellor's office saying, that's silly. Those two things don't go together and no one's ever done them at the same time, which is hilariously laughable now because at that same time, the Chicago School of Economics was creating their first courses in um, economic psychology, uh, behavioural economics, sorry, behavioural economics. Like it's basically psychology of economics. 
yeah, all of the economics of thinking. Yeah. So yeah. it's still decision making. It's just decision making on an individual scale rather than on a market scale. We're looking at humans. Again, the people who were guiding people to make their career choices did not have the same visions I did. My point that I was coming to there was I ended up dropping out of the psychology side before the end of the first year, I think it might've been early in the second year um, because I realized I wasn't doing it because it was something I wanted to do forever. It was just something I was interested in and it's okay for something to become a hobby or an interest or just for fun. It doesn't have to be your lifelong main focus goal, whether that's career or anything else, you know, but you won't know till you try it. Exactly. Like I had to do that photography course to know I don't want to be a photographer. I'm okay letting somebody else do that. And, you know, you worked, you did work as a yoga teacher for a I while. I did, yes. I started yeah. off teaching yoga for a while and I still do from time to time. Like my mini retreats that I run, I incorporate a bit of yoga and I incorporate a bit of meditation. So while I don't teach yoga on a week-by-week basis or day-to-day and same with meditation, I don't teach those from day-to-day. Those philosophies and those teachings that I learned by studying about yoga and meditation are a part of my coaching. I incorporate meditations in my coaching programs and like I incorporate the a bit of yoga in my, my retreats. So while they're not my core business, they're certainly part of it because I love it and they're my daily practice. Like I practice yoga and meditation daily. So learning about it helped me, but it all, by me knowing about it helps the people that I work with as well. So, And yeah. again, that's because you, you followed your bliss. You did what okay. you enjoyed. And for me, again, on paper or when I talk to people and say, you know, I studied economics, it seems confusing to them, but I do use it. I use it when I speak to clients. We have different economic theories about why you're making these decisions and how we can refocus or reframe that decision to make it easier to make. And that's just because I picked the things I loved. I followed the things I enjoyed. And sometimes following the things I enjoyed just showed me that it's just for fun and that's okay. And then other times it led to something that I can weave in to the rest of my life, whatever that might be. Now, if nothing else, taking the photography course made it more obvious to me how valuable it is to have a good photographer, which has then helped me in my own business because I don't try and take my own photos so much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Like we're learning, we're learning stuff along the whole journey. Like we don't know what we don't know. And if we give ourselves the space and the grace to, to, look for things that do make us feel good and that do light us up and sure challenge us challenge us a little bit and push us beyond our comfort zone we're going to figure it out along the way because you know that's what we do that's what we humans do we figure it out along the way we weren't born with a roadmap and the instructions on how to get from birth to death we got to figure it out along the way. So there's no right way and there's no wrong way. But certainly one thing you can do if you don't know what it is that you want to do or you don't like, I find what comes up a lot with the women that I work with because they're people pleasers. They've been struggling with doing everything for everybody else for so long that they've forgotten what they love and what's important to them. 
And so that's where we start. We start at the very, very beginning and go, well, what did you used to do that you loved doing? What are, what are things that you enjoy that light you up, that make you feel good? Start there and do that. Yeah, and it's okay if that's just, you know, colouring in. Mm. Colour in. Colour in. Do it. Dance, sing, run, whatever you enjoyed doing the last time you remember really enjoying yourself. Start with that. See what comes up. Do you like being creative? Like, how do you like being creative? Because we all do. How do you like being creative? Do you like to sing? Is there a choir you can join? Can you go to concerts? Can you put Spotify on really loud and dance around the kitchen? Absolutely. I'm right there with you, by the way. That's my favourite. That's my favourite too. And, you know, it might not be apparent Mm. that the thing that you're doing, you know, soaking in a bath or going for a run or putting the music on, dancing, it might not be apparent in that moment what it is that it's leading you to, but by you being in your bliss and you being in your zone of what makes you feel good, other things are attracted to you. Like you you create, I'm getting a bit woo-woo now, you create this vibration and that and those things will come to you. Like someone said to me, man, you'd be a really good coach. And I'm like, what do you mean coach? I coached netball my whole life. What do you mean coach? And I, and that's when it's like, oh, I'm all about life coaching or mindset coaching because I ask really good questions and I listen to people. I'm like, oh, coaching, okay. Well, see how that works. You know, these things come to you as you're in your zone of genius and in your bliss. And you're right. It sometimes comes to you because somebody points it out to you when you're in your bliss. If you're not behaving as yourself, the way you love to be, then other people can't see it. Now we don't necessarily notice it ourselves because it feels normal and natural when you're doing what you love to do. It just feels like what everyone loves to do. So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, you're really good at asking questions, you go, well, that's not hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I remember saying, well, you know, why would anyone pay me to, to help them declutter? Like you just, you put stuff away, right? No, it is so much more than that. There is so much more than that. And if it yes. were easy, it wouldn't be an issue for anybody. Exactly. It yeah. is an issue. Other people need help. And the thing that is easy for you, that you enjoy doing, other people want that too. And like, we're talking about this in generally businessy sort of terms, but it doesn't have to be, it can just be what you love to do. Absolutely. The thing you love does not have to earn you money. It's great if it can, but if the thing you love is running or painting, even though you never want to show it, that that's totally okay. It doesn't have to be good, but if you love it and you surround yourself by things that support that. So say it is painting, definitely not me not my thing at all, but you can be painting and never share it with anyone. But if you do seek out opportunities like to see other artists or um, to go to X, I don't know, I'm sure there's expos or gallery Mm -hmm. openings, other things where you're immersed in that style of creativity, then you find other people who are interested in it. You start to see other artworks that might actually be kind of similar to yours. So, Actually, maybe I'm better at this than I thought. When you do share it with, when you share your work with other people, they can tell you, yeah, actually that you, you should enter that in this competition or whatever. And your world starts to open up a little bit, but you can't do that if you never pick up the paintbrush. 
Exactly, exactly. And that's the inspired action, right? That's where we link it to what we talked about last week. We take that step and we do the thing mm -hmm. that, that may or may not move us in the direction that we want to go in, but we won't know if we don't try. Let's try. Okay, so I guess to answer our, um, our listener's question, I almost said her name there. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do I do if I don't know what I want? Just do what you like right now. Mm. Yep. Just and keep doing start. that. Yeah. Follow, follow those crumbs and see where it takes you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks I hope so that much. helps. <laughs> I do too. I will find out, won't we? We'll have to check in. <laughs> right. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that's about enough for today's lesson. Follow us on Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic and any questions or suggestions you have. You can also get in touch with either of us via the details in our show notes. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please rate and review us on your favourite podcast app. Tag us in your Instagram stories and... Don't forget to share us with someone who you think would like this podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Life Lessons with Lisa and Lauren.